Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This week on Money Clinic... We're going shopping. I've just bought a bag of potatoes for 13 pence. 13 pence. I have saved £1.12 on the cost of buying that. Everything is going up. Electricity, gas, petrol and, of course, food. Many are turning to discount supermarkets to save money. But even they are too expensive for some people. We've got a 1,000 stores, 5 million customers a week, and we hear stories about people getting to the till and asking the cashier to tell them to stop when it gets to 45 quid, and they leave the rest in the trolley. There's so much about rising prices that we can't control, but perhaps the food bill is one cost we can cut back on. I've got a box of strawberries that were £1.53 and they're down to 77p. I've got a huge summer fruit bowl which was £3.50 and is now 67p. That's amazing. Yeah. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's Consumer Editor. Here's the thing about food shopping. You can't avoid it. And if the cost of even the basics is beginning to alarm you, then stay tuned. We're going to pack this episode with tips about how to keep your food bill down. And we'll also find out what supermarkets are doing to help. But first, let's meet someone who got in touch with the show because, like so many of us, she's beginning to find the weekly shop a bit of a financial challenge. I love food. I love cooking. It's always been something that I'm willing to spend more on. And yet recently, I have definitely thought more about what I'm buying. Susanna is 25 and lives in London. She grew up here and now works for a specialist drinks PR company. But over the past year, rising food prices means she's had to change what she shops for. Cut back a little bit on things here and there. And yeah, to the point where it's noticeable. Inflation means that if consumers bought the same products as they did a year ago, they'd now cost nearly 12% more. For the average person, that's added over £40 a month, or £533 a year, to grocery bills at a stroke. So, where is Susanna noticing price rises the most? Mostly fresh food, I've noticed, has gone up. Um, Dairy, and especially also things like cereal, granola, is now, you know, always over two or three pounds, whereas it wasn't 
before. Mm. I find cheese as a mm. as a pasta lover. <laughs> yes. Um, presumably cheese is taking a bit more of a whack yeah. out of your budget. Yes, always often sinking, you know, five pounds or more, which is alarming. <laughs> and how much do you tend to spend on food? I mean, do you have a set budget of what you want to spend every week or every month? I don't have a set budget, but I'm spending around the sort of £160 mark a month, which, you know, when I was at uni, for example, I was aiming for, which is uh, four years ago now, I was aiming for £100 a month. So that's a noticeable increase. Mm. And where do you tend to shop for food? Supermarkets over sort of delis or or, uh, greengrocers, but usually Tesco and Sainsbury's of all the supermarkets. Susanna is clearly a savvy food shopper. She knows it's better to shop at the bigger supermarkets rather than the smaller metro outlets. Supermarket chains don't charge the same prices across all their stores. But like all of us, she's often tempted by offers and things that she sees advertised on the shelves. How do you feel in general about the rising cost of food? What's what's worrying you about it? In general, it does worry me because I'm, I'm never going to not be doing the weekly shop. Um, I'm very aware that I'm in a relatively privileged position where I, I do have a, a, you know, a full-time job and I am just responsible for myself and yet I'm still worried about it. So I can, I'm very aware of the bigger picture. I notice that it's getting worse. In other areas of your finances, I know we're here to talk about food, but are there other things at the moment that are really making you worry? At the moment, bills in a major way, because I know that, for example, in the last few months, in comparison with last year, my summer bills are now the same price as my winter bills from last year. So that's a big worry, you know, looking ahead to winter and also rent, because I'm very aware of how the market has changed. And the more those bills eat into her salary, the less she'll have to spend on food. So, Susanna, questions that you want to ask the podcast experts. So the first one... I would love to have help on the comparison between different supermarket loyalty schemes and are any of them really worth it? And if so, which is the best? Anything else? Some tips for reducing food waste would be very helpful. Tips for doing a more efficient shop when I'm there, limiting it to a budget. And anything else that we can help you with? Strategies for the shop, maybe? Yeah, strategies for the shop. Well, I've often wondered if if there are different days where it's best to buy certain things, i.e. can I know that if I go to Sainsbury's on a Tuesday, all the root vegetables are going to be on offer, like that kind of thing. Okay, well, it's time to meet our first expert who should have some answers for Susanna and anyone else who shares her concerns. Well, Money Clinic has travelled all the way to the Tesco Extra store in Hayes in West London to meet a very, very special guest. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Hi, I'm Laura Gaga, also known as Reduction Raider, also known as Yellow Sicker Girl. I'm in my early 40s. I live in West London and I blog, write about saving money, reducing food waste and eating well for less. And 
I have followed you on Instagram, I think, for, I don't know, a couple of years now, a year and a oh, half. Oh, nice. Because, yeah. like you, I can never resist the allure <laughs> of a yellow sticker. Just snags on the old eyeball as you walk through the aisles in the supermarket. But I was brought up by a very, very frugal mother. But how did you get into yellow stickering? It was sort of around 10, 11 years ago when I was working with a frugal friend of mine and we'd have lunch together and he would bring in like these yellow sticker lunches and I'd never seen yellow stickers before and he explained that supermarkets reduce food when it's nearing their best before or use by date and this was all sort of new to me. So I just started doing all of my food shops around yellow stickers. So basically throughout the day they'll start reducing stuff that's near and it's used by or best before day and it'll be a smaller reduction so it might be like 25% and then as the day goes on it'll go 50% and then final reductions could be like 75% even 90% off. Okay so what my fruit and veg bit now it's getting exciting. So there's some green container boxes all stacked up full of veg covered in yellow stickers right Laura's getting in there. I'm gonna get these chickpeas I mean they're 43p just because the tin is a bit dented I can make a curry out of those. This is a very different approach to the food shop to people who like to do a food plan and a, and a detailed list that they don't deviate from. What you're doing here Laura is essentially on the go thinking that's a reduced can of chickpeas in my head I know a recipe I can turn this into I know what's in my store cupboard at home I mean that's a very different approach. It's a completely different approach. And I mean, sort of meal planning and having food lists really work for some people. And to shop in this way, you almost have to sort of throw that out of, um, I guess, your shopping basket, really. You have to come with an open mind. You can't come and shop from Yellow Sticker with a prescribed list. You have to be really open to what you pick up. And you have to um, sort of think about, well, what can you make with that? And... You know, and again, I guess thinking about how you can extend the life of food. Laura has been shopping like this for the last decade, and by her calculations, she has saved a really quite substantial amount of money. This time, 10, 11 years ago, my average shop was perhaps £50 a week, and now I could do a shop for £10 a week. So when I was doing the maths, and I was thinking, well, if I'm saving at least £40 a week on food shopping, and I worked that out to be around roughly £22,000, in the last 11 years. Shopping like this is a way of life for Laura and she gets a huge buzz out of finding the bargains. But that doesn't mean it would work for everyone. Time, as well as cost, is a big factor for many people, especially if you're shopping for a family. Is the yellow sticker approach practical for them as well? I think it's definitely a strategy they can use. Um, I mean, I don't think it takes that much more time. Like, I've come here today... uh, from work, you know, I will just sort of fit it into my day-to-day. Do you think that more people are going to start shopping like this as the autumn unfolds? I hope so. I'm hoping that more and more people will shop in this way. And I think, especially if you can get rid of some of the taboos that might be surrounding food waste, and you can perhaps increase people's confidence 
in the kitchen and you know when I think about it from um, speaking to like friends and family they've sort of definitely opened up their eyes to yellow stickers and the feedback that I get on my Instagram is actually generally really positive and a lot of people saying you know since I started following you I've been like shopping in the yellow sticker aisle more I've been using the Olio app more and that's about the Olio app because I think a lot of people probably heard of it didn't quite know how it works so the Olio app I love is my favourite app and it's a food sharing app, it's a community app so you can have people that will list items of food on there so for all sorts of reasons it might be they're moving house, they're going on holiday and you can put in a request and go and collect it. And everything on it is free right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely free. Do you have any final tips for listeners about other ways that they could save money? What about loyalty cards for example? I mean, loyalty cards, I'm pretty indifferent, if I'm honest. You know, I've got a Tesco's club card um, and I just use my club card really for whatever I'm getting reduced and then collect points that way. Um, ultimately, all of these things are geared up to, you know, sort of retain custom for the supermarket. And, you know, and I mean, a supermarket's primary interest is in profit. So I think you're sort of bearing that in mind as well when it comes to... Mm sort of these loyalty schemes. Shall we pay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Laura, you've got a full bag of shopping there full of yellow sticker items. What did it cost you? £5.71. And it should have cost me £15.58. And to be honest, I think this will be me. I can't see myself, well it's Wednesday today, I can't see myself doing another food shop this weekend um, or for the rest of the week really. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure reduction raiding with you. Thank you so much for letting the FT come along. Have you got any final, final tips that you want to pass on? I think my final tip would be shop from your cupboards first and foremost before you go to the supermarket. See what you've already got at home. What can you make use of? Sometimes we go food shopping and we buy stuff that we've already got. Yeah, start at home first and foremost. Shop from the cupboard. I love it. I caught up with Susanna to find out if yellow sticker shopping was for her. I really liked the idea of the Olio app. I have heard of it and I've never used it, so I will be checking it out. Um, that sounds really useful. Uh, what else? Interesting about the reductions as well. I didn't realise that they increased as the day went on, so I suppose it's a good idea to try and go later in the day to the supermarket, which realistically I, I could aim to do. So that's two handy tips there. I do think this approach is perfect for single people, people who live on their own or live with a partner who's not fussy. I think sometimes children might be like, no, I want that particular type of chicken nugget or that particular type of breakfast cereal, which may or may not be, be, be reduced. But I think as, as a single person, I could definitely shop like this. Likewise, yeah, I think I could. I'm not fussy and I'm happy to swap out vegetables and things like that. So I think definitely could be realistic, yeah. And what did you think of Laura's views on supermarket loyalty cards that they ultimately get us to spend more? Yeah, that's in a way more or less what I expected to hear. So you wonder which is which is more useful, a, a reduction at the end of the day or a, a something that's that's got a club card price and similar. So it's it's interesting. Mm. Well, I mean, as you, as you heard there, she saved £10 on the 
cost of a basket of goods. And it's not often that you'll get a £10 voucher from a loyalty scheme. You might have to collect points for months and months for that to happen. No, quite. I've just got a voucher through the door for Tesco, which is £2, and I've had the club card for two years. So um, it's not great. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, you get that in a few minutes if you wait for the final, final reductions. Yeah. (laughs) Time for our second expert. And guess what? A trip to another supermarket. The cost of living crisis means that people are downshifting. In other words, they're turning to lower priced budget stores. That's according to research group Kantar. It says sales at discounters Aldi and Lidl are up 14 and 17% respectively in the past year. And the frozen food specialist Iceland has seen sales rise by nearly 3%. It's quite busy in this Iceland supermarket on a Tuesday morning. The store is full of pensioners. One of the initiatives to help shoppers beat the cost of living crisis is offering anybody who can prove they're over the age of 60 10% off on a Tuesday. Walking around the store the most obvious colour is yellow. It's a bit like the yellow stickers catch your eye for the discounts. Well, all of the promotional material in this store is yellow. Save! Free delivery! The posters even openly mention the cost of living crisis, how they're trying to help customers counter that. One of the initiatives is called the Iceland Food Club. Basically, it's a buy-now, pay-later scheme for groceries, a first for the sector, a pretty radical idea, lending customers the money to buy their weekly shop. Richard Walker, Iceland's managing director, was on hand to tell me more. Way back in 2020, we started investigating the microloan market. For obvious reasons, we went into it quite carefully and we found the perfect partner with fair for You, who are a not-for-profit charity. They're government-backed. So we've just rolled it out, the Iceland Food Club. It's microloans, very time-limited, anything between 25 up to £75. You repay £10 a week. It's interest-free because Iceland are paying the interest on behalf of the, uh, the customers. And if you fall behind, you're helped. You're not harassed. It's a flexible, collaborative repayment process where borrowers could be put on as little as a pound a week repayment. I mean, lending money to customers, that's quite a risky thing for a supermarket to do. Why are you doing it? I just think uh, we've got to think outside the box. It is an unusual partnership with fair for You. It's innovative, but it is something I think that's absolutely essential. 25 quid might not sound much for a loan for two to three weeks, but actually it does smooth the income of the hardest-pressed families around the UK who through the summer or in the winter as, as fuel bills start to bite, you know, that's an absolute lifesaver. And interestingly, since we announced a week ago, we've had 50,000-plus applications, so there's an absolute need uh, for this at the moment. Along with its money-off schemes for pensioners, Iceland has also launched a loyalty card called the Iceland Bonus Card to help shoppers save for Christmas. As Richard admits... There are sound business reasons behind these schemes. Well, we've we've been going for 51 years. We were started by my mum and dad. And we've always tried to be long-term in our thinking, support our customers, be long-term greedy, quite frankly, because you're right. You know, hopefully, if we support our customers through these hard times, 
And it costs a lot of money, by the way, giving away 10% to anyone over the age of 60 or freezing the price of all of our one pound lines to the end of the year or paying interest on behalf of uh, these micro loan borrowers. That's all upfront tens of millions of pounds of investment that we're willing to do, that we can do as a private business because we can think long term and ultimately because hopefully it'll be good for business. If we look after them through the tough times, they'll stick with us in the good times. If I was a customer and I wanted to, to use your savings club, the Buy Now Pay Later scheme, how is somebody going to decide whether a loan to me would be affordable or just get me into more problem debt? Yeah, so Fair For You are an ethical lender. And the reality is they're not going to loan to anyone who can't afford to repay it. Um, so there is quite a, a rigorous online application process. It's all digital and therefore you can get a response very quickly within an hour. But uh, it's important that we're not shouldering debts onto people that have no chance of repaying it. So it's means tested, but it's also means tested both ways. I applied for a loan and fortunately I didn't get one because I don't deserve one. Therefore, we're trying to hit a certain demographic of customer who really need the money but do have the capability of paying it back. In the pilots, when we interviewed people who'd taken out and repaid the money, so over 60% of them said that they were rejected for loans elsewhere. So it's an absolute godsend to people like that. But Iceland has also noticed more affluent shoppers in the aisles, which has boosted sales of its luxury ranges. Would Money Clinic listeners consider eating more frozen foods in an effort to save money? There's a lot of misconceptions and snobbery around frozen food, but the reality is, yes, if you want to save money, if you want to eliminate food waste, but actually, if you just want the freshest food possible, you should buy frozen in the first place because it's frozen as soon as it's picked or caught and all the nutrients are, are locked in. So I, I hope that your listeners in the FT will give us a go. Well, I am a fan of your frozen sea bass. Oh, good. And I also buy your frozen pomegranate seeds yeah. and your frozen chopped up garlic. I mean, these are all quite innovative products. Are there any other things like that that you think people would be surprised to find in your cabinets? Yeah, there's lot, with buying frozen also, there's lots of lifestyle hacks. So, you know, if you try to eat a pomegranate, it's a mess and it's a nightmare. Or chop an onion, you, you end up crying and it takes half an hour and you slice your finger off. So, yeah, bags of pre-sliced onion, uh, garlic, as you said, pomegranates, all these different products are um, ways of saving time and money as well. So, yeah, give us a try. Thanks to Richard Walker, boss of Iceland, and as you heard there, the son of its founders. Now, Susanna, you're still with us. What do you make of that? Do you shop at Iceland? I don't shop at Iceland. I, I never have. But I'm, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah. It could surprise you, some of the things that they, that they have on offer, so long as you've got a freezer. This is a thing. And in a lot of house shares, you might just have the, the, the chiller box at the, at the top of the fridge. But, but you have got a freezer. So what did you think of what Richard had to say about frozen foods? Any surprises? I think the surprise for me would be the kind of... I, I understand that with things like garlic and onions and you are removing that extra layer of prep, I suppose, which I, I totally understand for some people would be essential. But the added thing there for me is that where I can avoid buying plastic packaging, I will. And so for me going to Tesco, Sainsbury's, Lidl, wherever, if I'm buying fresh fruit and veg I'm trying to avoid plastic packaging and so buying frozen for some things in that respect that would be what would put me off I'd choose to pay a little bit more and do the prep than, than to be throwing away plastic That 
that's it for this episode of Money Clinic, and we hope you found it useful. We'll be carrying on with the frozen food riff next week, with lots of tips about cooking, freezing, eliminating food waste, and saving money. The best way to think about your freezer is to think about it like Netflix. Gone are the days that you need to cook at six o'clock at night. You now can cook whenever you want. All will be revealed in the next episode. In the meantime, if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email me, our address is money at ft.com, or DM me on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced by Persis Love and Philippa Goodrich. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragosa, our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.